my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Drew Holden. Always a great time talking to Drew, and we had a lot to discuss, as always. We talked about a, the handful of corporate media outlets who are taking millions of dollars cash from the Chinese Communist Party to print propaganda. Uh, we talked about the ongoing crisis at the southern border and where Congress is with all of it. Uh, nowhere good. Spoiler alert. Uh, and we talked about how neither Drew or I are as optimistic about the uh, the results coming out of Michigan last night and how we're not really buying the whole Democrats in disarray narrative that a lot of people on the right are choosing to believe and why we feel that way. Uh, a lot to discuss, as always. Uh, I think you guys will like it. Before we get to Drew, if, if you guys haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Revenue Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you do use Apple products, please leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Drew Holden. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Drew Holden. Drew, how you been, man? Brady, buddy, I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I'm, I'm getting over a little bit of a head cold, so if I sound a little bit nasally, that's uh, that's why. But on on net, I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Yeah, dude, same. So if we just start just hacking up a line in the middle of the show, <laughs> yeah. just I don't know, fast forward, hit the 15 second forward button, you know? Yeah, it'll exactly. Be all right. It'll be over soon. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It'll pass. So we have a ton to get to, as always, and not a lot of time. So we're gonna hit a bunch of topics fast. I'm sure we won't get to everything, which is okay. You know, there's always next week. But um, uh, first, we've got to start here. You wrote a piece last week for The Beacon where you laid out all these corporate media outlets who are taking cash directly from the CCP and are literally just reprinting propaganda from China Daily, which is a Chinese state-run operation. Um, so talk us through all that. So, uh, I, I think you nailed it. You know, it's it's one of those stories where when I was first putting it together, I was like, I don't want to, like, kind of overstep on the claims I'm making here. And then I looked through them, and I was like, no, that's that's actually exactly what's happening. Um, so for folks who didn't see the piece, I went through the uh, foreign agent registration filings for a company called China Daily, who is a Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party controlled mouthpiece that runs propaganda as part of a global propaganda campaign that China is undertaking to undermine the West uh, and make people lose confidence in America and American power. And so there there was this big scandal back in 2021 where a bunch of outlets who had been taking money to print Chinese propaganda, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, they stopped their relationships with China Daily. But I was poking around in the filings because China Daily is a registered foreign lobbyist, so they have to report the money that they spend. And some of the numbers were eye-popping. Over the last three years, China Daily has paid Time Magazine, one of America's oldest newspapers, 1.84 or sorry, 3.55 million dollars to get a placement on Time's website where they can just run their propaganda without any comment from Time's editors, from anyone else at the magazine. It is unvarnished propaganda under the Time logo. They paid $1.84 million to the Los Angeles Times to do that for their print subscribers. 
almost 500,000 to the Boston Globe, almost over 400,000 to Houston Chronicle, and almost 400,000 to Seattle Times, all to print newspaper outlines that give, again, unvarnished, unedited Chinese Communist Party propaganda to readers that they think is legitimate news. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, the, per- a, the, the same people whining about misinformation and disinformation exactly. are All quite literally outlets, printing foreign pop propaganda. E- yeah, Exactly. All of these outlets have reported not only on like the supposed dangers of disinformation and misinformation when it's coming from Trump or another Republican, but they've all covered that this is this is Chinese policy, right? Like China invests billions of dollars to manipulate the feelings and sentiments toward China and toward the United States for global audiences, including here at home. The media know this, and yet they're still willing to take millions of dollars of Chinese communist propaganda money to print this stuff. It's it's jarring. It's unbelievable. Uh, And it's shameful. Right. Like it it, it, I think it, it reveals a particular hypocrisy for the press about how they don't actually care about about disinformation they don't actually care about misinformation they don't care about their readers being deceived because they're willing to take part in a foreign enemy's plan to deceive americans and so all this all all, you know all this waxing poetic about the dangers of disinformation are clearly not something that they that they could care at all about well i mean when the new york times and wall street journal got caught doing the same thing it's not like anything happened yeah I mean, I mean, even just big picture, I mean, when has any of these these corporate media outlets been actually punished in any real way by consumers or anyone else for breaking journalistic standards? I mean, that hasn't happened in decades. I mean, there are no journalistic standards in this country anymore. Right. For a long time. So, I mean, why not? Why? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, it's free money to them, right? Like you, you would think that if they had like one iota of of self-respect or like constitutional, not in not in the document, but like the the internal kind of bearing, right. you think if they had if they actually cared about the thing that they purport to do, this would be the sort of thing they would find intolerable. It's very clear they are willing to tolerate this. Right. Yeah. I mean, they'll. Uh, it's just funny. I I'm, I know this is the New York Times, not the not the L.A. Times or Boston Globe, any of the the places you just mentioned, Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. But you know, contrast this with uh, I'm not defending Tom Cotton. I think he's an idiot. But like when when Tom Cotton wrote that op-ed for the New York Times about how yes. uh, it, it was about what sending in the National Guard during the race riots, I believe. In yeah, 2020. yeah, it, it, and, it was. What did all these same outlets say about that? You know, they I they all condemned the New York problem. Times for running it. You know, called it's a breach of journalistic kind of... <laughs> standards, yes. right? Like, I think I think the the Times Union put out a statement about how it it flew in the face of journalistic standards, and it's like like that's the that's the thing, the thing that sitting a sitting a U.S. senator, writers. yeah, yeah, exactly, from a, a sitting U.S. senator, and that I think it was what sixty four percent of Americans supported the policy. Like, oh this yeah, isn't yeah. Some, this isn't some wacky idea that he's putting forward, right? He's not he's not saying like go and go and line up the looters against the wall and shoot them like he is simply supporting a more heavy-handed policy that most americans right left and center could agree with and you can't and that you can't make the much. yeah you can't make the case that that wasn't legitimate news either i mean it, that's what yeah. was on the minds of everyone i mean major american cities were burning from coast to coast yep I, it was news like you can agree or disagree with the with the prescription but 
I mean, sure. goodness, that that was at least on the table. I, I like yeah. you said, sixty four percent of Americans approved of it. Yeah, and they were the most damaging riots in the history of the country, right? Oh, they yeah. were worse than the Rodney King riots. They yeah. were, I mean, Eighteenth Street on DC didn't get rebuilt after after Martin Luther King's killing until like the nineties. You yeah. know, like um, we we've had bad riots before, uh, and these blew them all out of the water. Yeah. So we, we got to move on to the southern border. Um, yeah. Mitch McConnell last night told Speaker Johnson to forget about securing the border because it's never going to happen. Um, even as illegal aliens, as, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, are murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, he, he, need, he told Johnson to pass the $100 billion in, in foreign aid to Ukraine to fund an unwinnable war in Eastern Europe that in, you know means nothing in, in terms of U.S. strategic interest. Uh, however you feel about the Ukraine war, it's really not too important to America's interest, obviously. Um, so that's how Congress is doing. Um, I mean, thank goodness we, we all work so hard to elect Republicans, right? Yeah, and you make a really good point, too, about the downstream consequences of an open border, right? And I think, you know, it was it was obviously tragic, but unfortunately, the, the murder in Georgia that we saw, the, the college student, Lakin Riley, she was 22 out for a run and was killed by an illegal immigrant who had no business being in this country in the first place. He had initially been stopped at the border in 2022. He was paroled into the country. He could have been deported in New York, in New York City, if it weren't a sanctuary city, when he endangered a child back in September. And instead, because of Biden and Democrat failed policies on the border and on immigration and on sanctuary cities, you have this man who went on to kill a 22-year-old college student who was out for a run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was told by regime media that uh, women just shouldn't be jogging. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that was like, that was the issue. It's the jogging. Yeah. 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 So let's let's dive in on that one, because I think this is actually like a like this was a gratuitously bad piece yeah. of media coverage, in, in my view. So for those who don't know, the Associated Press put out a piece uh, about the killing that actually homes in and, and says that this has highlighted the dangers of women exercising alone. That's what they saw as the problem. They described a guy uh, who is an illegal immigrant who is the, um, the, the suspect in this murder who has been arrested um, as simply a resident of Athens, Georgia, which is a, prepro- a preposterous way to describe someone who's in the country illegally, whom we have no idea what their background is. We have no idea what this guy was doing growing up in Venezuela. We have no idea what his criminal history might be in a foreign country. And they, instead of talking about, hey, there are people in this country who have done serious harm, potentially, right, allegedly, have done serious harm to Americans, and that's not the problem. The problem here, they brought in, they brought in an expert, a professor at a, a university out in Colorado, who said that um, the, the shortfall in American culture is that we're not doing enough to teach men not to hurt women. Like their inability to talk about the downstream consequences of immigration, even when they couldn't be more more obvious and more related to the story that they are allegedly covering, is preposterous. It was maybe the worst article that that build itself as as coverage of recent events that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, they're just committed, though, man. Yeah, they're just committed. I mean, the violent crime rate in El Salvador and other Central American countries is are falling across the board, mm-hmm. not in small part due to the fact really that their violent criminals are coming to the United States. Because why wouldn't they? Because they, they won't be arrested. They won't be arrested. They won't be deported. Arrested. 
and and all of the all of the red flags on their um, on what otherwise would be their immigration application don't matter because no. they're here, right? And they know that that the the Biden administration is going to allow them to enter the country regardless of what they may have done in their home country because no. it, because all that matters is that they've um, they've given themselves up for asylum allegedly. Yeah. And the press, the, the other thing, too, that, that really kills me with the press coverage of the border that we see day in and day out is all of these people are simply described as migrants, right? Like migrants is a term that has, has been entirely uh, stripped of its meaning. It no longer means someone who is coming here like migrants and asylum seekers are the two the two pieces of verbiage that they use here. That is very often not true. Right. Yeah. Like someone someone who comes here and kills an American is not a migrant in any meaningful sense. This isn't someone who came over here as, you know, to to get a job or because economic conditions in Venezuela collapse. Like this is someone who has has come here for a better life. And I think in an organized immigration system, that's fair. That makes sense. Right. Like that's that's why we have an immigration system. Um, but doing it in a way that exploits and endangers Americans as allowed by the U.S. government is is preposterous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it doesn't and, it, and it's avoidable. Right. The other the other thing about this AP piece that really killed me is this this expert that they brought in said that the that um, Riley's death was unpreventable. <laughs> unpreventable I mean, was, was the direct quote. It's definitionally a lie. I mean, that, that is it's a lie by definition. You know, yep. obviously no one should ever be killed by an. I mean, if anybody if any crime is committed by. An illegal alien. That crime was, by definition, preventable. Yep. Um, you did a thread on how Biden claimed he couldn't do anything about the border until last week, when he said he's looking at doing something about the border so he doesn't lose yeah. Arizona. <laughs> Obviously, in yep, an election yep. year, um, yep. I, he's he'll drag this out. The thing is, Democrats, as long as they exist, will never, ever, ever um, do anything meaningful to stop the flow of illegal aliens over the border. It's it's their number one focus politically here, mm -hmm. domestically. Um, just funding wars abroad and then just flooding the country with as many illegals as possible. Uh, he'll briefly close the border this year. I mean, they'll they'll do something. They might put up a little yep. bit of wall or something to look good for, you know, female voters in the suburbs, look good for independent voters. But they'll yep. go right back. I mean, you know, it, they, they want as many illegals in this country as possible. And, man, the Democrats, they are executing their plan to perfection. You know, let as yeah, many I illegals mean... into the country as physically possible. Several million mostly single young military age males since Biden took yep. office so they can have kids and raise a new generation of democratic voters obviously and then they're they're obviously the most in the most predictable turn of events ever they're trying to now blame republicans cuz they look at all the clowns and i mean republicans in congress are clowns don't get me wrong i'm not yeah. defending congressional republicans but <laughs> you know that that's what they're rolling with and i don't know if voters are i don't think they're buying the blame republicans line now I don't think so either. But they might. I mean, the thing is, Mitch McConnell is all too happy to help with that narrative. He'll throw right. Speaker Johnson, he'll throw the House under the bus. It's not like Mitch McConnell and these types care about the border or the country generally. It's all about Ukraine and keeping the gravy train flowing to the defense contractors. And I also think that, um, you know, I definitely agree that Americans kind of see through this. But as this thing drags out. You know, Biden said that he's going to he's going to use every day between now and November to blame Republicans for what's happening at the border, which, again, is preposterous. The first thing Biden did his first day in office was to undo all of the valuable and they weren't all valuable, but uh, like undo a ton of valuable um, 
border security measures from the Trump administration. That was that was day one objective. He said on the campaign trail he was going to do it. And you're right. Like this is this is a longstanding Democratic policy to have open borders. Like it, it has been widely supported by a ton of Democrats for a long time now. And I think you're going to start to see like the more that the Democrats can get their message out there and say, well, really, it's Republicans, even if it's even if it's BS. It's going to be a point that's hammered home for months. It's going to be picked up and repeated by the media because they've been doing that for months. I'm actually working on a piece right now about this, about this exact point, about how the media is serving as the handmaidens on this point for Biden. And so even if it's a lie, it's one of those lies that gets trafficked through the press and becomes the understanding of the media. And whether or not Americans can broadly see through that um, and maybe have a staying power in seeing through that, it's going to convince some people, right? Like this is this is the problem about the media lying in the first place is that there are people out there who believe those lies. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're just going to see that for, for the days and weeks and months to come between now and the election. It's tough. I mean, it's tough for the average voter to see through the, the wall of propaganda, yeah. you know. Right. They're I, not down at the border. Like, I'll, I'll, like I, obviously, the, I think you, you probably have a much more skeptical audience like in Arizona and in Texas right. where what's going on in the border is a lot closer. But like in and, and now because of, you know, because of choices made by Republican governors in major cities, too. Um, but I think there are still a ton of people who are firmly insulated from the border crisis. And so long as they are, they're going to be more susceptible to media lies on the topic. Yeah. And, it, you know, they, maybe the biggest detriment to the Democrats' scheme here with the border is just the overzealous Democrats come out and say it sometimes. Like you saw, was yeah. it yesterday, uh, uh, Joy Reid from. It's either CNN or MSNBC. MSNBC. I don't have cable, and those two channels just kind of blend together in my brain. I can't really tell the difference. But totally um, reasonable. (laughs) I think I can be forgiven for that. But um, you know, she comes out and says like, "No, no, don't have babies because white people are bad. All we need is more immigrants, (laughs) illegal immigrants." And it's just like, you know, like the Biden administration. They're like, "No, quiet, shut up, shut up." I know we hate the whites, but just don't say it out loud, you crazy lady with a wig. Like, what are we doing? You know. So it's like. You know, hope, I almost hope more Democrats just say the quiet part out loud like that. Like, just let the American people know what you people actually think. Right, because because again, like the reason that when when those sorts of statements come out from people in the media or from Democrats, as if as if there's a distinction there, it's like it, it it's an earworm for I think reasonable people to be like, what on earth is like what is she implying? Because this is not like. This is not a thickly veiled reference to, um, to to the America she would much prefer to see, which is a lot fewer white people, right? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. and and so I think like it very reasonably makes lots and lots of everyday Americans extremely uncomfortable. Um, and, and and I think like I think you're right. I think they they will step in it from time to time. But dude, this this goes back to to Pelosi in a lot of ways. Like yeah. one one place where on an institutional level, Democrats and the media are much better than Republicans is message discipline. Oh, everything. And I mean, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but they, right, they're right, also right. better at everything it, else. <laughs> exactly. When, when, when it comes to like the operation of a collection of people, they really, they really do have us beat badly. But oh, yeah. in particular, I think when it comes to message discipline, uh, they've, they've got our number. Uh, and, and for as long as that continues to be the case, like they're, they're going to be able to get away with some of those missteps in a way that we we just can't. They also and like the other thing too is like they have the entire 
universe of mainstream outlets at their disposal, right? Like they, they have a built-in corporate comms team on all of the points they need and playing down all of the points that are inconvenient. I mean, every Democrat journalist has spent the last 48 hours praising a terrorist sympathizer who killed himself in front of the, the Israeli embassy. Yeah. So talk about yeah. message discipline, bro. I mean, they're like... They can't be shaken. They, that you, they you can't. can't be shaken. And yeah. I'm telling you, this 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 goes back to, like, I remember being on, um, like, being on the Hill right when, like, right before and then right after Republicans took control of Congress after Trump's election or at Trump's election. Yeah. And I remember going from the incredibly buttoned up, incredibly disciplined, Pelosi regime to repeal and replace, not like the John McCain's thumbs down on repeal and replace, right? Like it, like right. It, it was the most, the most vivid, I think, explanation of the way that the two parties approach these things. And for like, for, you know, there's, there's that old saying that the devil doesn't need an advocate. And I, I, I yeah. feel that way frequently about the Democratic Party because yeah. they truly don't need advocates. They yeah. are they are buttoned up. They have yep. they have institutional systems that they have honed since the days of LBJ to make these things happen. Uh, yeah. And and we, you know, conservatives and Republicans don't. No, because it's religious in nature. I mean, they're much more devout. Yeah. They're much more religious than the right. Um, yep. and, and on that point, too, a lot of— um, Republicans are celebrating this morning because the Michigan primary was last night. Yeah. And in the Democrat primary, 12% of Democrats uh, voted uh, uncommitted. Um, so, like, people Double on the digits. right are trying to, and, and like, journalists are bored this time of year anyway, so they need something to talk about. <laughs> but people on the right are trying to celebrate this as if it's a big deal. But one, Obama had 10, over 10, like 10.7% of the vote, yep. uh, vote uncommitted in 2012, and he was extremely popular in Michigan. And also, fellas, Muslims ain't voting for Donald Trump. Hey, that, exactly. I, like I this pipe this. dream, man. But yeah, like, I was, I was what are you talking about? about? <laughs> and it's like, unless uh, unless Biden or Biden, unless Trump comes out as pro Hamas, right? Um, like you're the, like the the disaffected Biden voters are not all of a sudden going to decide like I'm so disaffected with Biden, no. I'm going to support Trump. No, 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 no. no. Uh, like, 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 come on. And and so I think there's. I think there is a relatively weak case to be made that this is like it could mean that more Democrats stay home. But I think the flip side to this is that it could also mean that Democrats actually use this as an opportunity again when it comes to like the the institutional torpor that that they have here. They use this as an opportunity to actually push Biden to the left on like a ceasefire and all these other all these other bad policies. And like it may actually just succeed, you know, like the 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 uncommitted vote may have an effect on shifting Biden in the direction that all of these all of these primary voters would like him to go. Maybe. The funny thing is, I don't even think he needs like if he's well, he's not he's. When when we say he, we mean his handlers, obviously. That, right, it's it's right. not like the man is making decisions for his yeah. campaign. But I think turnout is going to be way down across the board. I think it's going to be—we're going to go back to, like, 2012-ish numbers. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, both candidates are so unpopular. Like, Trump is up right now within the margin of error, within the margin mm-hmm. of error between one and two points, and has been up fairly consistently since uh, late sep- September, early October. But he's still sitting right. at 40% approval. Like just because yeah, Biden's exactly. at 38 doesn't mean that Trump's popular or sitting at like 40, 41. So these candidates right. are deeply unpopular. And I just worry about the GOP. Like if it's a battle of low turnout, 
and one side's entire political movement and identity is built on collectivism and doing whatever the newsman on television tells them to do (laughs) right which is prevent trump and like you're you're already you're already seeing uh, again i hate to beat up on my hobby horse in the media but like the because like that is that is deeply troubling i think for anyone who wants to elect a republican in large part because the media is already out there laying the groundwork for what Democrats want 2024 to be a fight about, which is oh, like yeah. our democracy is going to die. Like we're we're going to we're going to usher in uh, like the handmaid's tale or some other end of the world dystopia if Trump wins again. And they're just going to beat that message into suburban voters for the next eight months or seven months. And and we'll see how like we'll see how resonant it is. Yeah, uh, because I again, like if the turnout is low, the number of people they're able to sway with that messaging becomes even more important. Yeah. I mean, Democrats just fall in, man. Mm-hmm. They just do yep. as they're told. So, you know, the right celebrate. Oh, Democrats are panicking. Eh, are yeah. they? I just yeah, exactly. don't. I just don't buy it. You know, and like like you said, when you worked on the Hill, like. A lot of the reason why the Democrats are so buttoned up is because, and I may be giving Republicans a little bit too much credit, but at least elected Republicans, but like there is still a little bit of that rugged individualism within the Republican Party. Like some Republican leader, at least voters definitely, but leaders as well, will, I mean, trust me, Republicans are way more collectivist in nature than I think they should be, and (laughs) way worse than I I think they are. I wish they were, but like, you know, I, I wish like the dissidents in Congress were like, had about 30, 40 IQ points on guys like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, it sucks. Yeah. Like, we used to have Ron Paul, Dr. No, just voting no on everything and grandstanding yeah. about the debt and stuff. And now we have, yeah. like, Mr. Hair Gel and his stupid ideas and shit. You know what I yep. mean? So yep. it's like, I'm not yep. saying that's great, but that is emblematic of there is, the, it, like, both sides are collectivist, obviously, unfortunately, to my chagrin. But. Yeah. But it's way, way worse on the left. I mean, they just fall. It's just harder to herd the cats on the right side of the aisle. And I just yeah, they that fall mean, in. like how many what, yeah. what how many points does that count for an elect? I'm not talking about the media bias. The media bias probably counts for 10, 15 points right, across the board yeah, in every seriously. election. But it's like just the fact that it's hard. Like, no, I, I get that nobody likes Biden, but I'd still guess that 95 percent of Democrats vote for him. You know, if, if only half of Republicans love Trump. Does he get to 95? Like, maybe, yeah. like, maybe, but it's just way, he could, like, he could roll and, you know, throw an inside straight again, but it's just, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I don't, I don't buy the whole, yeah. the left is panicking narrative from this morning. I, 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 I'd, man, love I I'd love to be yeah, wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Exactly. I think you're right, unfortunately. All right, brother, I know you got a roll, man. Hopefully next time we can do a little longer one. Uh, where can everybody uh, follow you online, check out your stuff, read your stuff, all that good stuff? Give us all the plugs real quick. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, tune into the free beacon. We're doing great reporting on the on the border and the impacts of the border. We actually had a piece go up yesterday um, from one of our reporters who was out in Wisconsin talking to voters uh, about the impacts of the, of the migrant crisis or the border crisis all the way up there. Um, so go to the beacon. That's where you'll see all my stuff. Uh, and then I'm also on Twitter, uh, unfortunately, too often, or I guess we call it X now, but that's just Drew Holden 360. Uh, so g- give me a follow. Everybody follow Drew. He's great. Everybody check out the beacon. They are great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>